Hey, thanks for listening with Sanctuary. We're excited to grow in the knowledge of Jesus with you. Now let's get into the Word. Amen. His kingdom comes. This morning I want to talk to you about together in the kingdom of light. Together in the kingdom of light. Matthew 22, or sorry, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Matthew 12, verse 22. Together in the kingdom of light. Of light. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? You know, uh, in life, not everything is black and white. You kind of learn that as you get older. But at the end of time, at the last day, everything will be pretty clear cut. It's going to be black and white on the last day. And it matters whose side uh, you and I are on. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the prince and the power of the air. He's the God of this age who's blinded the mind of unbelieving heart. He has a kingdom, and he is a ruler of darkness. Somebody say darkness. We're going to talk about dark and light, his darkness. He's blinded their eyes that they may not see, Paul said, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. But John says there was a light that came into this world, and the darkness could not overcome it or overpower it. And there is a light that came through Jesus Christ, and that light is the life of men. And it says that, Paul says that that light has shone and is shining, and morning is coming. That there is a darkness fading away. Uh, for all the deer hunters out there, you can kind of understand what I'm saying. Those of you who get up at the uh, 4.30 on your deer stand, and it's cold, and it's dark, and maybe it's a little frosty, but after a while, you start seeing a pink, an orange, a glow just through the trees, and then something a million miles away millions of miles away, it begins to rise. And the heat, the radiant heat, the light off that cold, dead woods, and everything's quiet and predators are out, all of a sudden, light begins to dawn. And it's a slow, gradual coming of that light. And even though darkness is around you, you start hearing a first bird to chirp. You start feeling the dew start to drip. And something a million miles away is suddenly upon you, and everything has come to life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's how it's going to be. But it's going to be a sudden burst from heaven, and everything that is dark is going to be lit up by the power of Jesus Christ. Man, it matters what side you're on. It may feel dark. It may feel dim. It may feel like the enemy is ruling and reigning, but hold on, light's coming. Light's coming. Colossians 1.13 says, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Jesus is calling men out of darkness and into His marvelous light. And Paul says that light has already begun to shine. Aren't you thankful for that? Man, I can already see light coming above the trees. It's already here. And even though it's dark, man, light's coming. Uh, you know, typically if you've been awake all day, uh, as it gets dark, you get a little bit sleepy. Now, some of y'all work nights. I understand that. I worked nights for about a year. Worst year of my life, okay? But uh, when, you get, when it gets dark, you've been up all day. You're tired. You've been working in the day. And the, late, the darker it gets, the closer to midnight or 2 a.m. it gets. Guess what happens when you get sleepy? You start moving a little slower. 
You don't do things quite with the energy and zeal that you once did. In fact, you might get a little lazy. You might be like, well, I'll get the dishes tomorrow. It doesn't matter if the clothes are on the floor because i got to go to bed, right? You don't do things maybe with the excellence that you used to do because the dark is upon us. We're tired. It's lethargy. And, and we may not even think as clearly. We may make mistakes when the darkness is there. Uh, and that happens spiritually as well. We get a little tired. It's dark. We're worn out. And life's going on. And man, but I just, maybe the excellence and the, the zeal to do things that I used to do is not quite there. In the same way, how many know the married couples in the room don't raise your hand or look at your partner? But when it gets night, that's like the worst time to have an argument. You know that? Man, when you're tired and cranky, that's like the worst possible time to have a serious conversation about something going on in your life. Because uh, even studies say, just wait till morning because, man, you're not going to have it. We're going to get more critical than we've ever gotten. We're going to say things maybe we shouldn't have said. We're going to come out with a harsh tone. We're going to become divided. And that's also true spiritually. You see, darkness is ruling and reigning, and maybe today we're tired. Maybe we're worn out. We've been working, and we're not doing things maybe with the intensity that we once did. And maybe we've gotten a little cranky spiritually. Maybe we've, we've said things we shouldn't say. Maybe we're getting to a place where we're just tired, and we become divided. What's the point of all that we're doing? Why are we here? This is the tag for us today, is that we are here to push back the dark together. Somebody say together. We are here to push back this darkness together. That's why we do all that we do. So look with me in Matthew 12, verse 22. What's the point of all we're doing? And that's to push back the dark together. After uh, Solomon, Israel had divided. They'd scattered across many nations, and God had brought them back. And Ezekiel 37, verse 22 says, He promised He would gather a scattered Israel from the nations and give them one king. And that king had come. His name was Jesus. And that kingdom had come, but it was still coming. The light began to shine, but it wasn't fully shining over the world just yet. And here's a story we find in Matthew 12, verse 22. A demon-possessed man was blind and mute. It was brought to Jesus, and he healed him. So that the mute man spoke and saw. Somebody say, spoke and saw. He spoke and he saw. And all the crowds were amazed and were saying, this man can't be the son of David, this Messiah king, can he? But the Pharisees heard this. And they said, well, this man cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And he, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. And any city or house divided against itself will not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. And how can his kingdom stand? And if I, cast, uh, if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, one translation is by the finger or the power of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he binds the strong man first, and then he'll plunder his house? Verse 30, he who is not with me is against me, 
And he who does not gather with me scatters. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Remember, he's talking about bringing God's people under a king. He's saying this is the fulfillment of this prophecy. You are scattered and lost into the nations of darkness. But behold, in a dark and weary land, a light will shine. And the king has come. Now, I'm that king. So Jesus is telling them, he's saying a few things. Let me give you five quick things in this passage, just real quick, that he said. Number one, he's saying all these Jews, all these Pharisees had this complicated prescription. It was incense and bells and, and chants for casting out demons. But we don't really have a lot of records that they were very successful. And here's Jesus with a word. With a word, man, if, and as he goes into a town, it's like light was pushing back the darkness, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and demons by hundreds are manifesting, and he just begins to call them, and they re, he rebukes them, and they flee. And he's saying, if I'm doing this, doesn't that say something to you? Doesn't that mean something to you, that this kingdom of light is coming? And he's saying, I can do this. And number two is that these Pharisees begin to say, well, you're doing that by the spirit of the devil, by Beelzebub, which is uh, literally the Lord of the flies. Uh, it was a Babylonian uh, god, uh, the uh, Baal god. And he's saying, uh, the Philistines god. He's saying, this, you're doing this because you're one of them. He's like, well, kingdoms aren't divided. A king doesn't cast out his own people. He's like, if, if, if Satan's kingdom's not divided, guess what? God's kingdom's not divided. And if, if by the way... If I'm doing this by the Spirit of God, how are you doing this? Like, which side are you on? Oh, by the way, I don't think you are doing this. What are you talking about? I'm of God, in the power of God, casting out demons because I'm on two different sides here. There's two sides, and whose side are you on? Satan's kingdom's not divided, nor is God's. So I must be doing this by God's power, and I must be stronger than him. I'm bound this strong man, and I've cast him out, and I'm dividing the plunder and giving away the spoils because uh, that's what I'm all about. He flips the script on him and says, well, if I'm on God's side, whose side are you on? If I'm casting out demons by God's power, how are you casting? Oh, wait, never mind. Aren't, you're not even casting out demons, are you? you? See, there's no neutrality here. He says, if you're not with me, if you're not pushing back the darkness together with me, you're against me. If you're not gathering God's flock into the light, into the kingdom, you must be scattering God's flock. Who are we fighting? This is the question. Number one, I'll give you three questions. Number one is, who are we fighting? Who are we fighting? He says there's only two sides. There's light and dark. There's gathering and there's scattering. There's with him and against him. You know, there's no neutrality in war. If you find yourself in a war-torn country, you better pick a side. Because as the enemies and both opponents come into the town, they're going to determine which side you're on for you. And it's, important not to, and it's important to know which side you're on because that's how friendly fire happens. That's how accidents happen. You've got to pick a side. And Jesus says there's no neutrality when it comes to a kingdom of light and a kingdom of dark. You will either be in the darkness or you'll be in the light. He says, you're either abiding in me or you'll be cut away. You're either with him or against him. Revelation, remember chapter 3, he says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to do what? Spit you out of my mouth. I wish that you would rather be hot or cold, not somewhere in the middle, guarding the, finding the fence line, saying, maybe I'm with him today, not with him. You're either with Jesus, he says, or you're against me. 
because a kingdom divided cannot stand. Here's Jesus fighting to liberate men. I want you to get this picture. Here's Jesus fighting to liberate men from the kingdom of darkness. He's fighting to redeem a lost humanity. And over here is the Pharisees. And what are they fighting for? They're fighting for first place. They're fighting for privilege and for power. Oh, yeah, they, you know they love the Bible. They were the Bible-believing group. They, this is not bad people. In, the, in that context, Pharisees were the revivalists. They fasted. They prayed. They memorized Scripture. They gave in the offering. They went to, think about it in modern context, they went to church every Sunday. They were probably on the board. They probably tithed more than anybody else. They had more Bible knowledge than anybody else. And he says, here are you. I'm over here fighting to release men from the bonds of darkness. And you're fighting for money for privilege, for power. You're fighting for popularity, and now you're fighting against me. So whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Who are we fighting? I think about how many denominations are divided today. How many churches have split today? How many Christian homes can be filled with gossip and backbiting and slander? Who are we fighting against? What is this all about? What are we here to do? So it's not only just two sides, but are they with us? Uh, you know, fighting in the dark was kind of rare in ancient societies. You didn't have flashlights back in the day. You didn't, you know, had torches, and it was kind of hard to see. You know, even uh, you go back to the revolution or the Civil War days, you know, we had to have two different kinds of uniforms, and sometimes people would switch it to get by enemy lines. You know, in the dark, you had to see, is that a light-colored coat or a dark-colored coat? World War II comes, and we get a little bit more technology, but even then, I, I read some stories of how Allied troops had to see uh, if they were wearing, they, the, the Germans had changed clothes, but they noticed they were still wearing German boots by the way they tied their laces. They noticed that that the flashlights were still German. So they, they had distinguishing things like, I got to know whose side this is on because I'm trying to cross this field and I don't know if those are bad guys or good guys in the dark. And they had to begin to say, well, whose side are we on? You know, it might matter for you as you uh, live your life. You say, well, is that a good denomination or a bad denomination? Is that a good church or a bad church? Is that a good pastor or a bad pastor? Is that a good Christian or a bad Christian? It matters to know which side we're on. How do you know which side a person is on spiritually? So there's another conversation. Look over in Mark 9, 38. Jesus loves contrasts. So here's John now. John's like, okay, well, we got this. If they're not against you, if they're not with you, they're against you. And these guys are like telling people they're, that Jesus is of the devil. So Jesus says, man, he just brings the hammer down. He says, if you're not for me, you're against me. And okay, I get it, Jesus. John shows up in Mark chapter 9, and here's what John says. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to prevent him because he was not following us. And Jesus said to him, Don't hinder him. I can just see John's face. Wait, what? We didn't have this conversation? He says, There is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is for us. I can just see the question marks going off because I was that way this week. What in the world? Jesus, you just said, he who is not with you is against you in, in Matthew 12, 30. But now you're saying in Mark, you're saying, he who is not against me is for me. Why is this time different? If you are not with me, you're against me. And if you are not against me, 
He's for us. John's probably looking at Peter and saying, Peter, you're the guy that always talks. I don't know, you say something now. You know, like, how do you, tell me how to figure this out. What is he saying? On one side, I've got Jesus and the Pharisees fighting. Jesus is fighting to push back the darkness, and the Pharisees are fighting Jesus for first place. He says, you're against me. You're against me. You're, I'm gathering, you're scattering. I'm, I'm leading the kingdom of light. You're fighting for things. You don't even realize who we're against. And here's another guy. He ain't got it all together. He's not in the posse of the 12. He just saw that Jesus' name was working. And he saw somebody who was demon-possessed, and he said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And John's like, wait a minute. You ain't got the logo we've got. You're not in the same denomination as us. You, you, don't, know, you don't go to my church. You don't have the same doctrine I got. And what are you doing using the name of Jesus? Aren't you? Well, you've got to be on this side of the track. And Jesus says, don't hinder him. Because if he's using my name, he's not going to speak evil of me. If he's not against us, he is for us. I think about all the things that we can camp out in in all of our secondary doctrines. I think about the last 10 years uh, we've worked to gather churches together in this thing we call our ministerial alliance. How hard it's been to get churches of different denominations to get together. How hard it is to get pastors of different denominations to get together. How hard it is to get churches united together. Why? Because you know what Satan is against? Unity. He's against the kingdom of God pushing back darkness together. Can I get an amen? amen? And Jesus is like, if he's using my name and if he's pushing back the darkness, let him alone. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to fight and squabble. Paul said, Christ is not divided. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is over all, in all, and through all. There is only one kingdom that we're in, and that is the kingdom of light. And we are called to push back the dark together. Together. So it matters which side you're on. There's only two sides, dark and light, gathering and scattering. And I propose that Jesus was saying, if you don't be careful, you'll hinder that man and scatter him. You'll be talking bad about that denomination, that church, that pastor. Maybe they don't do things quite like you like it, but they are using my name and pushing back the dark. Pushing back the dark. We may be unsure of some denominations. We may be unsure of some churches. We may not like everything our pastors or other pastors do, but God will be the judge. So who are we fighting? Is it each other or is it darkness? Because that's what this is all about. Who are we fighting is the first question. Number two is what are we fighting for? It's easy to forget what this is all about. It's not about buildings and names and logos. It's not about pastors who meet our preferences. It's not about our great programs, our own unique church history or style. It's not about our family fun days, which I love, and all of our good fellowships who uh, bring us together. I love all those things. But Satan's kingdom is sin and sickness. It's disease. It's death. It's demonic. It's birth. Uh, it's headed to hell. It's, it's something of darkness. It's demonic oppression. It's lies. It's lust. It's built on wealth and war. And the Bible says that men are groping in the darkness, staggering. They're blind. They're bound. They're oppressed. And they don't even know it. And Christ says in John 12, I've come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Look at this man. It says he was uh, 
depending on your translation, he was blind and mute, or he was, he was dumb. That would be that muteness. He was dumb, and he was blind. He, he, he could not see, and he could not speak. And so how could he ever believe in Jesus? He couldn't say the name of Jesus. He couldn't see Jesus, that Jesus was light. And, and think of this in a spiritual sense. Jesus comes and he sees a bound man who without intervention could never believe, never become into the light. And so Jesus did what he had to do to release the man. And as soon as he released the man, what did he do? He saw Jesus. I believe he spoke Jesus. He released him from the bonds so that he could believe. And that's what we are fighting for, church. We are fighting to help men and women, boys and girls in our community and around the world see him and speak his name. And if they can't, we're here to liberate them. He says uh, in this, in Luke, says this passage in a different way in Luke eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus says, I came and I bound the strong man. You can't go in somebody's house uh, and steal their stuff unless you go in, you tie them to a chair, and then you walk out with their TV. He's like, you can't. Now, in Louisiana, we have the right to carry. Okay, so we have this different parable, different day and age. But Jesus says, you go in, and, and the only way you can take a stronger person's stuff is overpowering them. And I have come to bind the strong man, and I have set him in his place, and I am walking out of his house with some plunder, and I am dividing the spoil. Luke says he came to divide the spoils. What do you think that spoils is? Jesus came to liberate the captives. He came to open blinded eyes. He, pro he came, to, uh, came to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. This is the victory of the cross, church. You are here because the work of Jesus had Silence the accuser of our brethren. Satan might be roaring like a lion, but Jesus says, start giving away all his stuff. Start spreading healing. Start spreading hope. Start sp everything he bound up and he had in his safety deposit box. I've given you the key. Now start giving it away for free. Give it away. Give hope away. Give joy away. Give peace away. Give authority away. Start healing people, delivering people, setting people free. That's what we're fighting for. We are not fighting for great churches. We are not fighting for bigger buildings. We are not fighting for the right doctrine. We are not fighting to be the best on the block. We are fighting to liberate people and give away the plunder that Jesus has paid the price for. What are we fighting for? Paul said it this way in Acts 26, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and dominion of Satan to God. Are we pushing back the dark together? What is church all about? It is not about having a church that meets all your needs, that you come in for one hour a week, one hour a month, maybe some people, and get a little fix of Jesus. We are here to be the army of God, taking back authority in the community that he's called us to live in, and pushing back the dark together. Pushing back the dark together. We are called to gather everyone Satan has scattered to release their bonds and preach Jesus. And am I lukewarm? Am I tired? Am I cranky? Am I divided? Am I worn out? Am I not walking in the light with excellence like I used to? So how are we fighting? 
How are we fighting? I'll give you three things and I'm wrapping up with this. How are we fighting? Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're cranky. How can we be sure we're pushing back the dark together? Light, love, and labor. Jesus said, he says, you need to watch out, Luke 11, that the light in you is actually not darkness. The Pharisees thought they had the light. And he says, now watch out. You think you got it. But the light you have is actually darkness because you're not fighting what I'm fighting for. You're religious, but you're not pushing back the dark. Paul said that we should walk as children of light, trying to learn what's pleasing to the Lord, Ephesians 5, 8. What happens when light comes on in a room? You don't stumble. You see your kids' Legos there in front of you now, parents. You know, you can see the light. The light has come on. I'm not going to trip over that baby doll. I'm not going to go and hit my toe on that thing. When you are in walking in darkness, you stumble, you trip, you fall more often. You have pain and hurt. When you're walking in darkness, you can't see to navigate. But when the light comes on, you walk in a way that makes sense. You walk with wisdom and holiness. You walk in a way that pleases the Lord. And Paul says, you need to have the light of light life in your heart, that Jesus Christ is shining in you like a flashlight. Turn the light on around you and you won't stumble like you used to stumble anymore. You won't have pain in your life like you used to walk and have a mistake and have pain. God's light shines through you and teaches you how to walk in a way that makes sense. The rest of the world is doing life this way. But when the light is on in your life, you realize, well, that was a stupid way to live life. What was I thinking when I lived life that way? Oh, I don't even know why I did those things back then. I've got light now, so I walk differently. How many are with me? You say amen. amen. Turn on the light. Light is revelation. It's truth of who Jesus is and what he's come to do. Light gets you out of dark places and teaches you how to walk in a way that's holy and pleasing to God. How are we finding our fight? By turning the light on. Number two, I fight with love. Jesus prayed of all things that his church would be one as he and the Father are one, John 17. He prayed and asked his disciples to say, guys, you'll be known not just by your love, but by your love for one another. Together. Together. That's not just together in this little church, together in this little denomination. No, no, no. Together in my kingdom. I, I think my kingdom will be known by its love for one another. I think my, my churches will be known by their love for other churches. I think, uh, I think our Christians will be known by our love for other Christians in different camps and different fellowships and different churches. And if we can't come together, whose side are we on? If we can't get united to push back dark together, then, then what is this thing for? Is it just about my preferences and my secondary doctrines and my little camps and how I like my pastor and this is my unique church history and our location and our buildings and our programs? Is that, is that what we're here fighting for? Or are we here to push back darkness because light is about to dawn? That great white throne judgment is coming. There is about to be a burst from an eastern sky. A trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to raise. That's what this is all headed towards, y'all. This is, this is bigger than just sanctuary. This is bigger than Pastor Heath. This is about liberating men before the king comes and saying, God, he's coming soon. And so now we have to love one another. I said it earlier, Satan hates unity more than anything because this is the very witness of Christ's church. It's the very witness. It's the, the thing Christ prayed for before he died. So of all the things Satan is going to fight, it's when Christians come together. It's when churches come together. It's when denominations come together. It's love. 
love. The greatest of these is love. Do I undervalue the faith or works of Christians who are not like me? You say, oh, well, they're great people, but they don't have the Holy Ghost like I have the Holy Ghost. Oh, they're great people, but they don't have the doctrine that I have. They're great people, but they don't have services like we have services. My, my, my. Light, love, and labor. You know, our shift is almost over. We've been working night shift for a while. And uh, those of you who work nights, I worked five nights on and two nights off. And I had to come up with creative ways to stay awake. About 4.30 in the morning, and, you know, you get that monster drink, which I don't recommend. On the way home, I had about a 30-minute drive back home, and you'd just be one of those. You know, roll the window down to get some air blowing on you. Turn up the radio. Come up with ways to stay awake, and maybe that's where we're at. Come up with a way to stay awake. Maybe you need to spur yourself on. You need to have a little wake-up call and say, it's almost over. We've got to wake up and do church and, and get in this thing and fight for this fight and stir ourselves up. Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men in such a way they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is heaven. How do you push back the dark together? A teacher pushes back the dark every time she demonstrates Jesus to her students in all the tiny gaps throughout the day. That employee, that oil-filled worker, that, that mechanic, that prison guard shines when they serve Jesus by serving their boss. When they walk and talk as light, when everybody around them is talking in darkness. That student pushes back the dark when they help that suicidal friend go seek help. When they stand for their faith in the classroom when nobody else will. That believing wife shines every Sunday she gets up her and her children to come to church even though her unbelieving husband won't. She's pushing back the dark. You see, you push back the dark every time you intercede for someone's healing, when you send an encouraging word, when you visit a hospital room and pray, when you do a kind deed, when you visit with the grieving, when you give to missions, when you serve in a ministry when you share your testimony, when you invite someone to church with you, when you vote your values, when you refuse to do life like the rest of the world, we are pushing back the dark together. When you help bound people see Him, we push back the dark together. You see, I can't do that, and you can't do that without Him. See, only Jesus is the strong man, and only Jesus can drive out darkness. But the Bible says, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Let your light shine before men. They may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. Whose side am I on? And what is this all about? And how do we push back the dark together? I want you to take a moment, every head bowed, every eye closed. And let's take a moment to examine our hearts and our lives. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. But if you're not against me, 
He says, he's for me. Maybe I've been parked in neutrality for a little while. Maybe I've been lukewarm. Maybe I've been camped out in my personal preferences and I've just kind of lost my focus. It's been cloudy. My focus on what I'm really fighting for and what this is all about. We've kind of got lost and while we're tired, we've forgotten the dark is, is, is overcoming, but light is coming. And, and maybe in the tiredness, I've, I haven't been living with excellence. I haven't been walking like I should have walked or with the strength that I should walk in. Maybe in the darkness and the tiredness, I've gotten a little critical. I've gotten negative. I've gotten divided. Maybe in my own home, I've been divided with my spouse or my children, or maybe it's friends or churches, or maybe in my own little doctrinal preferences and denominational preferences, I've, I've just been prideful and, and boasting in the way we do things and the way I like things. And I've lost focus that I'm supposed to be pushing back the dark together. And I want to take a moment, examine my heart and say, Jesus, Help me to make sure that the light that I think that is in me is not darkness. Lord, search my heart and know me. Lord, shine through me in a new and vibrant way. Lord, I want to just shake it off and, and today just kind of make a fresh start, Lord, where I stand in new strength and I walk out of this place with clarity and focus to shine, Lord, to the people that I work with, to my families, uh, to, to my friends, to those that I'm around, Lord, that I would just acknowledge, God, that you are with me and greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world.